Hello, my name is Shom. That's Sierra Hotel Oscar Mike. Welcome to my podcast. There's a very specific reason uh, why I am recording this podcast episode at about three thirty-nine or three forty-five a.m. Uh, in the morning. In about an hour's time or less than 60 minutes, uh, I'm going to stay awake and watch the live stream of an asteroid called 1998 OR2, zoom past planet Earth. It's uh, it's awfully quiet outside, uh, thanks to the lockdown and uh, the timing. But at the same time, um, I, I can't help but think over the last conversation that I had with my father when right before he went to sleep. He was trying to remind me that there is very little uh, contrast between happiness and sadness uh, as far as our experience of life is concerned. And this discussion kind of sprang up from the fact, uh, rather from the acknowledgement of the fact that uh, entirety of creation as I have, the entirety of creation that I have experienced as a human being uh, in the 30 odd years that I've lived on this planet uh, could come to an end in about 10 to 15 seconds if the if the asteroid in concern were to collide with planet Earth. And that's a disturbing reality. And uh, yeah, scientists from NASA and a lot of fact checkers in the media industry have confirmed that uh, any news of a possible collision between the 1998 OR2 asteroid and planet Earth is just a hoax and nothing more than that. And I've been hard at work trying to explain the same thing to my father. <laughs> at the same time, I cannot help but agree with his analysis of the fact that, you know, if, if an asteroid as such, which uh, doesn't even really need to be uh, two kilometers wide, it could be a small pellet of stone in the grand scheme of things. If it ends up entering the Earth's orbit and it, if it ends up colliding with planet Earth, then everything that you and I have known could just come to an end in a matter of seconds, which is uh, <laughs> which is hard to imagine, right? Uh, especially in the current times that we're living through. Uh, we're all away from our families. We haven't seen our friends in a very long time, uh, albeit the small, uh, you know, those tiny WhatsApp video call sessions or Facebook live sessions, or if you're, um, you know, the more productive kinds, you, you might have used Zoom, but you really haven't met these people in person. I personally have not seen my parents in a very long time. I saw them in March during my sister's wedding and uh, since then, it's. I mean, that was for a day, and since since then, it's 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 been a very long time that we've been locked into the house. The lockdown has cost us a lot. Uh, it almost cost me my peace and happiness, and you know, it it almost managed to convert me into a man of anger, from a man of love, as I so fondly proclaim on my Instagram profile. Uh, there, there's some meaning to this podcast, I assure you. This is not just random ramblings. Over the last three years, uh, due to the various events that have uh, adorned my otherwise mundane life, I have become closer to the concept of spirituality than where I would have liked myself to be uh, three years three years before today. So yeah, I think late 2016 is when... Uh, I started getting a different idea about life, mainly because I started reworking uh, myself or my identity. I was going through a difficult phase in life where an impending marriage had broken up uh, right after the engagement and all the wedding shopping. And it happened for a very simple reason. I was fat. (laughs) I was 90 or 95 kilos, extremely overweight. 
and at the time i found uh, solace in working out i, I totally drowned myself into this uh, dramatic transformation principle which is a workout routine uh, popularized by rithik roshan's personal trainer at the time mr chris kethin and i could i i really didn't find myself doing anything else aside from going to work uh, getting back hitting the gym going to sleep waking up hitting the gym again if i've woken up early enough and getting back uh, to work coming back it was the same routine all over i used to spend about 3 or 4 hours in the gym and um, it did help me get what i was trying to achieve uh, except i wasn't really focused on the results i ended up uh, getting into a really good physique I had the uh, quintessential six-pack abs, and uh, I, I, I started getting busy with Instagram. I've lost touch since then. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've come. I've returned to the realm of Twitter and Facebook and emails. Yeah, spirituality came into my life or entered my life in a rather big way at the time. It did not start with uh, you know concepts of yoga or concepts of unity. but uh, a very simple practice so the, my mother's devoutly religious and, and religiously devout i i don't know what's the politically correct term to use here but she's seen her share of pain in this lifetime and i understand why uh, she has chosen to surrender to religion in order to deal with the pain to a certain extent and she introduced me to the concept of reciting the hanuman chalisa uh, which is a segment of prayer from the tulsi das uh, version of the ramayan also known as the ramcharitmanas the hanuman chalisa for those who have not been initiated into any hindu rituals um is a collection of 40 epithets which are kind of disguised as praises of uh, lord hanuman who is the who is the legendary monkey slash king um slash soldier who helped uh, the legendary or the mythological character lord rama of hindu mythology in his quest to defeat ravana um in the great war of lanka um, hanuman is also considered by many hindus uh, many hindu scholars to be a version or an avatar of lord shiva or uh, for those who are a little deeper into uh, hindu religious philosophy they say he is an avatar of the lord rudra um who's considered to be the source power behind mahadev shiv neelkant and lord hanuman and i started doing this more as a way of making my mother happy and i'm i'm going to be honest about it my family has a history historical strain of alzheimers my grandfather died of it my father keeps reporting strains of or symptoms of alzheimers every now and then and i have been told to prepare myself for the distinct possibility of acquiring this disease either in minute or a large form uh, sometime in the future and uh, trying to remember things trying to remember lyrics of songs trying to remember poems trying to remember or trying to learn by rote uh, is kind of suggested at one as as one of the methods in which you can keep alzheimer's at bay I was encouraged to read a lot of books when I was a child uh, before I was told about uh, my impending condition thanks to my parents at the same time uh, I do not quite understand it till today but at the same time when I started reading the Hanuman Chalisa every morning to my mother um there was there was this natural inclination to try and remember the verses and try and decipher some meaning uh, out of what I was reading out to her but and mind you at the time i was single 
and I was angry, uh, to say the very least. I was angry at uh, the entire opposite sex, which I'm not proud proud of right now. I ended up breaking quite a lot of hearts, and I ended up being rude to a lot of people in that time. I was going through rebound relationships, and um, but then the unthinkable happened. Right in 2017, somewhere around August, uh, I fell in love again, and I wasn't expecting it. and it it was kind of the it was the kind of shift that happens when you have decided all within yourself that you're never going to let you know you're never going to surrender to another relationship you're never going to submit to another human being but it it started happening to me all over again and it happened to a rather brilliant woman it happened with a rather brilliant woman whom i happened to meet at a musical networking event and i found myself telling my father my cousins and a lot of other people that i was head over heels in love with this person and that i intended to marry her those views since then have changed um because of what i learned about the concept of marriage and union at the same time uh, over the last 3 years or so uh, i've had turbulent times with this person i've had um i've had a plethora of issues plaguing the relationship and uh, during the first 3 or 4 months i started getting this vibe start getting this idea that um, my adherence to certain spiritual practices was helping me maintain peace within my life and within my relationship which was new to me um i have never been a vocal supporter of the right wing as far as administration or politics is concerned and i had constantly i had constantly found myself um on the rather vocal liberal left side of things uh, if you if you get the drift and i wasn't okay with the idea of religion being put on public display i i kind of stuck with the idea that uh, your spirituality or your idea of god needs to exist within yourself and at at max within your house the moment you take it out of the house it becomes a problem i i still hold on to that notion a little bit I've learned to become flexible based on conversations with uh, some remarkable people that I've had uh, over the time and some really amazing books that I've had the chance to read. Uh but most importantly I think uh, it was late last year when I discovered a series of videos called Who Am I um uploaded and performed by Swami Sarvapriyananda of the Ramakrishna Mission Order uh, while he was delivering these lectures at IIT Kharagpur. And these are these are these videos are about 90 minutes long there are two of them and i strongly suggest if you know uh, if you are slightly interested in this podcast if you are actually listening to this episode which is unlikely because i don't think i'm going to promote this <laughs> but yeah if you're listening to this and you have some interest some uh, deep uh, underlying vested interest in understanding your spirituality i really suggest that you start with the video set called who am i on youtube by swami sarvapriyananda uh, it gave me a story and actually reaffirmed my belief that you know any good idea or segment of knowledge can be imparted with the right story so the story goes um it's about janak raja who's the father of sita again in the mythological ramayana janak and this is a story i think it's it's one of the prequel stories it's 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 one of those uh, reboot prequel kind of things that you see before the movie starts uh, they show you these snippets this is the, the events of this story happened a long time before the actual war time story of the ramayana right this is probably when sita was a kid so janak raja happens to be sleeping in his bed he's a king uh, he, he and you know he's surrounded by all his luxury and like every other human being uh, he you know he is open to the idea of dreams and nightmares so one night he's 
sleeping peacefully and you know there are guards surrounding his uh, royal or palatial bedroom suddenly one of the guards storms in and janak raja wakes up and um, the guard tells him that you know he needs to go to the he, he needs to attend uh, to his military attire immediately because the kingdom is under siege the kingdom is under attack by an enemy state and you know he has to prepare for battle right then and there janak raja is a good statesman and a great leader so he just jumps out of bed springs into his uh, battle suit and then prepares to get into battle he gets his uh, tilak which is the ceremonial vermilion uh, the, that gets associated on soldiers and kings before they get on uh, before they get to the battlefield and this guy pulls out his weapons pulls out his chariot and you know leads his soldiers into battle and it's a tremendous and intensive battle uh, there's a lot of blood shed and janak raja's army loses the battle the enemy king wins and janak raja stays alive a lot of his uh, prized generals are dead but he is captured alive and taken into the enemy tent where uh, the king or the leader of the army who has defeated janak raja uh looks him in the eye and says look i'm not going to kill you because you used to be a king um but i'm not going to let you run your kingdom either because we've won the battle so here's what we are going to do we are going to exile you into a different kingdom into a neighboring kingdom and you will walk amongst the commoners as a common man as a beggar uh so that people will look at you and know that we have defeated the great janak raja and uh, janak raja is facing an acute lack of options at this stage <laughs> he is not even in a posi- not even in a position to you know kind of come back and retort he, he can't state his terms so he accepts the deal and he watches as his kingdom gets transformed into a, a part of the enemy state and he's forced into exile and he's stripped of his royal clothes he is stripped of his armor uh, he's hungry and he's walking for miles and miles until he reaches the neighboring kingdom and then by the time he's famished he he hasn't had any sleep he's bleeding everywhere and he just needs food or a place to rest so he keeps on walking and then um, a little ahead he sees this queue of uh, what hap- what appears to be a lot of people normal common beggars uh, who are all standing in queue waiting to receive uh, some prasadam which is uh, an offering given out to those who can't afford food in the neighboring kingdom it's it's, it's like a charitable uh, food supply chain so this guy janak raja just joins the queue and uh, hopes that he's going to get some food at the end of it and it's a long queue by the time janak raja reaches the end of the queue uh, the person who is serving food which is basically some sort of porridge has run out of porridge he's just scraping the ends of the pot he looks at janak raja and says says you know sorry it's over you got to come back tomorrow but yeah if you want i can give you the starch which is left at the end of the pot janak raja says yes i'll take anything i get uh, so he extends his hands forward uh this guy gives him a leaf and then scrapes some of the starch from the bottom of the pot and puts it on the leaf and gives it to janak raja who tries to eat it and then um, a crow swoops in and hits janak raja's hands and this 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 leafy plate falls out of his hands and janak raja is so taken aback he's shocked uh because he can't really take it anymore this crow swooping and happens to be like the last straw uh, because the starch falls out of his hands he hasn't seen his family he's he's hungry he's weak and when the crow swoops in janak raja just loses his shit he he screams as he screams wakes up in his bed uh, he's still in his palatial home he's just sleeping um one of the guards comes running in hearing the raja screaming and janak raja realizes he has just been through a nightmare this was not real 
but then again uh, he closes his eyes because you know you're in that state where you're trying to come you know you 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 you're trying to come back uh, into an awakened state you've just had a nightmare or a dream and you're transitioning back to the real world or what you call as the waking world and you're still very confused so at that stage janak raja tries tries to analyze the situation he tries to replay the events of the night uh, in his head he was sleeping peacefully and then he woke up uh, when a guard stormed into his room and everything seemed very real as real as it was seeming right now so janak raja starts this is where janak raja begins his quest for spirituality because um his mind is telling him that everything is okay everything is safe his kingdom is okay but then uh, his heart or his soul just had a very intense experience in that nightmare right so he's trying to wonder if that was real or this is real and that's a um if you understand hindi i'm, I'm just going to take a quick um break from the language to explain because this is the actual language used in the story janak raja starts saying wo sach ya ye sach which loosely translated means was that true or is this true as he looks around his surroundings he finds the palatial comforts and then his mind wanders back to the battlefield where he was bleeding and losing and he wonders was that was that real or is this real what's happening right now and then he tries to get back to sleep he has trouble sleeping next morning gets to his court uh, known as the darbar uh, of 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 a raja of a of a king and then the entire time he is at court his mind is focused only on the one question he had when he was sleeping um he says was that real or is this real this is what he keeps repeating to everybody you know people are coming to coming to him to get things signed to get ordinances passed uh to get you know to discuss administrative issues and all the raja or the king can say is was that true or is this true and others don't know because this is all happening inside janak raja's head mind you so nobody else has any clue about why uh, the raja has let go of all his administrative duties and why is he just repeating the same question like a parrot so was that true or is this true somebody goes to him with a tax calculation janak raja says was that true or is this true people start thinking the raja has gone mad because he is kind of old and you know uh, people have assumptions <laughs> so janak raja doesn't deter from his questioning because nobody can give him a satisfactory answer the queens uh, in those days uh, kings used to be polygamous so he had multiple wives all of whom are really concerned because you know this is the raja and there's no male heir at that point of time so people are generally concerned about what's going to happen to the kingdom if the raja doesn't stop with his weird line of absurd line of questioning but then <clears throat> there is a gyani or a or a or an enlightened person who happens to be walking through the kingdom who hears whispers in the city market that the king has gone mad and he's asking questions uh, he's asking uh, this question you know was that true or is this true so this guy the gyani or the enlightened man tells people in the kingdom take me to your king and i'm going to solve his dilemma and these people warn him the king uh, you know he might appear to be going mad but he's a stern guy so if you go around and prank him or if you try to pull his leg you might end up dead the guy says i know what i'm talking about please take me to your king these guy uh, people of the kingdom looking uh, they begin to understand that there's no way out of this and this man might actually give a valid solution they take him to the king they uh, produce him in front of the raja in the court and then the as as the enlightened man approaches the king the king repeats his question you know was that true or is this true wo sach ya ye sach 
now since he's in since he's enlightened as far as the folklore goes uh, this guy knows what the raja is talking about because he he's had some foresight of you know the past present and future so he looks at the raja and says raja when you were in your nightmare Uh, did you experience the same palatial comforts uh, and the security of your citizens and the comfort of your wives and the knowledge that you're rich and empowered did you get all of these sensations when you were in your nightmare fighting that battle raja says no that was terrible it was intense i i lost the battle my men died and i i had to watch as my kingdom was taken away from me so enlightened man then asks raja uh, in this waking reality that you see around you do you feel that same intensity of pain do you feel the bloodshed do you see uh, people dying around you do you see yourself uh, stripped of your clothes of your armor walking uh, to a neighboring kingdom uh, you know just on the lookout for food raja says no right now i experience every comfort that i can think of right now i'm in the security of my own court surrounded by my people talking to an enlightened man who's here to ask answer my questions at my whims so you know they they both very different and then the enlightened man says something very weird he says then raja na wo such na ye such what that uh, essentially means is that he tells the raja uh, neither was your nightmare real nor is this real to raja asks then what is real fir kya such he points at janak raja and says tum such and from there uh swami that's that's the story uh, that swami sarvapriyananda had managed to narrate uh, such so beautifully within that iit classroom but the crux of that story is that this is the point where the the real conversation begins when the enlightened man points at the raja and says tum sach you are the truth uh that the reality that you're experiencing in the dream is not the truth the reality that you're experiencing in the waking world is not the truth but you are the truth which begs this question to be asked who are you who am i um because if what you experience in the world around you right now is not true and if what you're experiencing um uh, in the world when you're dreaming is not true uh and if you <laughs> uh, as far as the records of the enlightened man goes if if you are the truth then who are you so it's it's about 21 minutes since we started recording uh, experiences of my last podcast episode says that uh, you know nothing good comes out of recording like a 30 minute podcast i'm going to stop now i'm going to try and revisit this uh, segment and see if we can continue this discussion and if i can manage to speak for another 20 25 minutes but yeah that's the real question that stayed with me for a very long time who am i and um, everything that i have discovered since then has been an extended answer to that question leading up to different kinds of realizations uh, some as far fetched and overwhelming as the realization that we are all essentially uh, one large organism or one large being um then again i have been studying different meditation techniques such as uh, the transcendental meditation technique which was popularized by shri maharshi mahesh yogi and uh, the tm foundation which is led by uh, eminent stalwarts such as david lynch uh, such as uh, jerry seinfeld such as ellen degeneres and a lot of other people who really swear by the tm technique also automatically subscribing to the fact that we are all uh, connected within one supreme being which doesn't really have to be a being in the sense uh, of how you perceive a living breathing creature but a giant organism which comprises everything uh, your furniture your pillows the sky uh, the cow that's walking on the street behind you 
your neighbors your father your mother every person that you speak to and uh, yes in in a subsequent episode we are going to get to that reality we are trying to we we will go ahead and try to explore some basic tenets of that philosophy but before we end this podcast i'm just going to try and leave you with a line of thought in your dream when you're dreaming you're not really aware that you're dreaming by the way you know you 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 kind of experience it as an extended or parallel reality you you i'm talking about the middle segment of the dream where you really engrossed within the dream you were probably talking at that point of time to some strangers and a few known people like let's say if uh, you know if you're the central character in your uh, in the story of your dream you meet a lot of people you might uh, end up talking to your mother you might end up talking to your father you might end up talking to a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a long lost acquaintance or a complete stranger and within the dream you completely perceive uh, the any conversation that happens between you and your dream projections as unique conversations you don't you don't realize that you're talking to yourself though right like if you're talking to, if you see your mother talking to you in your dream you are convinced that you're talking to a separate human being but when you wake up you have no choice but to accept that uh, this projection of the mother that you saw in your dream was nothing more than an extended version of your own psyche of, of your own psyche of your own uh, ego of your own uh, personality you just in other words you were talking to yourself the entire time in the dream um the theory that swami sagarpriyananda maharshi mahesh yogi and uh, multiple schools of thought have tried to put forth uh, around the same concept is that if you can do this within a dream there is a very good chance there is an excellent chance that you're doing this in the waking world that you know as we go about the worldly biz- our worldly businesses as we go about our conversations as we talk to people as we meet new people form experiences have interactions as we interact with the universe around us we're doing nothing more than just talking to ourselves um at one point in time i contemplated uh, writing a book about it called the infinite molecular dance of absolute reality which i might still end up doing someday but uh, essentially that's what it is it's an infinite dance that you're playing with yourself uh, and i've learned to accept that as my reality not just draw a hypothesis around it and there is some merit to living life under that philosophy i i, I can see that at the very least uh, once you understand that your world is nothing more than an extension of your own self of your very core and everything that you see around yourself uh, you know waking dreaming sleeping is just an extension just a reflection of who you are from the inside um is when the real magic starts unfolding and you start realizing that happiness and sadness uh, events whether they might appear good or bad to you um you are the point of contrast and i love saying this more than anything else because it puts forth the idea of contrast uh, pretty well you know when you toss a coin it can either it can either land as heads or tails and that's what life is it's it's life is continuously divided into a series of uh, contrasting experiences happy and sad good and bad light and dark uh, waking and sleeping uh, male and female but at the end of the day what you have to remember is that you are not heads you are not tails you are the coin thank you my name is shom this is sierra hotel oscar mike um, sorry for another long episode uh, see you on the other side of the asteroid uh, moving away from earth and let's hope you don't spend too much time analyzing this episode <laughs> thank you bye bye thank you for listening to another episode on sierra hotel oscar mike my name is shum you can now connect with me or listen to all other episodes of my podcast uh, you can follow me on 
Facebook, Instagram, on Twitter, or subscribe to me on YouTube, all at one link. That's shom.live, which is spelled www.shom.live. www.s as in Sierra, h as in hotel, o as in Oscar, m as in Mike. dot live. Thank you so much. You can share this link with a friend or loved one if you if you think this information would be valuable to them. Thank you for listening. This is Shom. Peace out.